And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call. 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Well, Raptors fans, that was a tough one. That was a tough loss. 116-109 to the Oklahoma City Thunder. A little mini playoff kind of feel to that. Like, I guess a, a half of a playoff series or something we could call that. I don't know. But a back-to-back, or I guess a home-and-home, home, sorry, against a pretty good team. It was a good little measuring stick to kind of see where the Raptors stand as you head into the finals. Um, I mean, I thought the Raptors looked good in both games. Definitely positive things to see there. Definitely some things that you can take from the Raptors and say, hey, that was a good showing. Now, mind you, there are some things down the stretch they need to work on, but I feel like we know that. Right? I feel like we know that. Nobody's here thinking that the Raptors are perfect or that they're, you know, I think the biggest thing for me, I'll start here. OKC is a good team. That is a legit team that could do some damage in the Western Conference, win a round or two. The Raptors went toe for toe with them. And I think the big part to notice here Russell Westbrook, Paul George are legit superstars. In the playoffs, no matter what else is going on, your superstars have to show up. And what we saw in this game was that the Raptors superstars, and Siakam's not there yet, but he's almost there. But he was ready tonight, especially in the first half. He had it going. And late in the game, when you want your real star, your big boy star to go, Kawhi was ready. And Kawhi versus Paul George, and I mean, just getting to watch Siakam and Russell Westbrook run up and down the floor was incredible. That was a thing to watch. Like that would be a great game to sit courtside and see because when you're sitting, you know, you're you're sitting a little lower in the arena and you can see the the speed like up close and personal, that would be a game to watch front row. Right? Like that would be crazy to watch those guys, the speed that they're going at. The way that both of them are able to grab rebounds and take it coast to coast and get a bucket. It's crazy. Then add in the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard going back and forth. Like, this was just an awesome game. And again, I know there's going to be some people that are going to be worried about the Raptors losing the game down the stretch, a game that they were in control of for the majority of it, of the night. But you have to remember there's no Kyle. And so, hey, it's not an excuse. It's an explanation. I know it might be semantics, but let's be real. You're talking about the fact that when you saw the lineup where the Raptors were really struggling down the stretch and OKC made their crazy run, it was Kawhi Leonard with the bench, essentially. Your bench is going to be a lot different with Kyle Lowry there. That means you're always going to have one of Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Fleet on the floor, and one of them is always going to be on the floor with either Kawhi Leonard or Pascal Siakam. So you essentially have a playmaker and a scorer on the floor at all times. You don't have that in that game. You kind of saw that, that lineup that the Raptors had out there uh, that OKC made the run, and it was really Schroeder. Schroeder with 20, I mean, at one point, what did he finish with? Schroeder was doing work in this game, 
and I had it written down midway through the fourth. He was sitting on 22. We finished with 26 points in that game. The Raptors bench combined only finished with 19 points. That's not going to cut it. It's not. Sorry, 18 points. Bad math. <laughs> but the point remains, Schroeder himself outscored the Raptors bench. And it's kind of unfair to gauge that Raptors bench because, of course, Freddie's in the starting lineup. There's no Kyle Lowry. But at the end of the day, the Raptors were in this game. And anytime you get more reps with the crowd feeling hype, because the crowd was juiced up tonight. But anytime you get more reps where the crowd is on edge, on tilt like that, the crowd is lit. And you get a chance to see your best player go toe-to-toe with their best player in a playoff-like atmosphere. That game had a playoff-type feel. That's what you want to see. You want as many of those reps as possible before the playoffs come around. And you saw that tonight. This game had that feel. You had Siakam getting and one layups and screaming. You had Russ coming back and, and doing the exact same thing. Like, the intensity of this game was incredible. The other thing to remember, too, Oklahoma City is in a crazy battle in the playoffs in the Western Conference right now. So they needed this game. Like, there is an extra level of desperation for Oklahoma City coming into this game. So they needed this win. All in all, though, I'm not going to crap on the Raptors for losing this game. That was a great game. And also, the other the other main thing, OKC is a, a pretty good shooting team, but they're not a great three-point shooting team by any means. They're in the back half of the NBA in terms of three-point shooting. In this game, though, they hit 23s. That's crazy. That's something that's not going to happen every night. And hey, we've seen it with the Raptors. There's just some nights where you're hitting so many shots, the other team doesn't have a chance. When OKC is shooting the lights out like that, when Schroeder is wetting threes, he hit four threes in this game. Jeremy Grant had used five for eight from three. Paul George had five threes. It's tough to beat a team when they're shooting like that. But hey, again, Raptors put up a pretty good fight. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. This is the Wrap It Up Podcast. Shouts to the people that are always tuning in live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, and as well on Instagram, taking your questions and comments there as well, at Sheldon Alexander. Shouts to YouTube Posse that will be listening to this later on, and shouts to the people who will be on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else that you listen to this podcast in as many forms audio, visual, it's all over the place. We appreciate you. But let's get back to this game. Because the game started out, I feel like the way the game started, the Raptors looked kind of lax. They are seven turnovers early, but they were hitting a lot of threes. But so was OKC. So the problem came down to the turnovers the Raptors were making. They were up early, and OKC in the first quarter only shot 36%. Raptors had the lead, Danny Green was wedding shots. Pascal was wedding shots. In fact, Danny Green, Pascal, and Freddie didn't miss a shot the entire first quarter. The Raptors shot 69% early, seven assists on their first 11 main field goals. When you start shooting the ball like that while holding the other team to 36%, that's a good look. Now, to start the second, you see Kawhi with Serge, OG, Norm, and Jeremy Lin. That lineup... I mean, it was interesting, but they talked about it during the during the broadcast about that lineup struggled in the last game, and that's what led to the comeback. 
So you wanted to see what that lineup could do again because you might be in a situation where you have to play this lineup in the playoffs. Maybe. You never know. I mean, ideally, Jeremy Lin wouldn't be in that lineup and it would be Fred. But the point remains, Nurse gave them another chance to get out there and try to fix what the issue was at the end of the first game in OKC where the bench made a comeback. Let's be serious. Raptors bench didn't have it in this game. They didn't. Jeremy Lin really struggled. He looked lost. And when you're struggling with ball handling, you don't look confident on your shot, and then you're driving to the basket and asking for foul calls, it's not really going to go well for you. Because here's the thing. The refs could call foul on every single play. Now, there's a level to what kind of player you are, how good of a player you are, and these are things that fans don't like to hear, but it's the reality of the situation. Jeremy Lin, sometimes when you're driving to the basket and you haven't done anything yet in the game, you just checked in and you're driving, you're barreling down the lane, going to the cup. Same thing goes for Norm Powell, who was very loose in this game as well. Just didn't have a good handle on the ball. Drove to the basket a couple times, missed some layups. You're not going to get foul calls. It's just not going to happen. So the Raptors bench didn't look good. And Norman Powell, who... I feel like could be a key person for the Raptors off the bench in the playoffs. He did not have it tonight. And it wasn't just the fact that he wasn't scoring because he finished 0 for 3 in this game, but he was going to the basket and just missing layups. And that's not a good look for Norm. But the the thing is, you got to give him credit for this. He only took three shots. <laughs> so it's not like he he sat out there and tried to shoot his way out of it or anything. He found other ways to contribute. Norman Powell had 11 rebounds in this game. Norman Powell led the Raptors in in rebounding. That's kind of crazy, no? Norman Powell, 11 rebounds in this game. He found other ways to contribute, even though his shot wasn't falling, even though he couldn't get it going on the offensive end. That happens. But that's what you want from your bench guys, finding other ways to contribute. But OG struggled, he was 1 for 4. Norm struggled, 0 for 3. Jeremy Lin, we mentioned, two for four, but I don't think Lin was very productive. I think we're kind of seeing, you know, Jeremy Lin will get some minutes as the season progresses or as the season comes to an end, sorry. And, you know, you kind of try to rest Kyle and Fred, but get them enough minutes that they get, you know, back in the swing of things by the time playoffs come around. But Jeremy Lin, I don't think will find himself in the Raptors rotation very much come playoff time. He's just not playing very well right now at all. He doesn't have much confidence, and you don't really have much room for error in the playoffs. And that's the thing to kind of look at this game. This game, you know, things could have changed very quickly, but you could tell Nurse was trying to see what he had with his bench. And the thing was, that second time around, in the second half when the bench came out, and it was the bench in Kawhi, Kawhi kind of looked up and just said, okay, I got this. And Kawhi Leonard tried. He really did try to bring the Raptors back in this game by himself. There's one point I looked up, and I didn't realize OKC was up 10 points in this game. They went on such a run. The Raps were down 10, and all of a sudden, Danny Green knocks down a three. Kawhi Leonard gets an and one. Raps are back in the game. Got to give Danny Green a lot of credit for Danny Green shooting, but I think it's also... The success of Danny Green shooting has come at the same time that we talked about it on the last podcast, but the Raptors' ball movement. Danny Green had six threes in tonight's game. 
six threes, six for 11 overall. But Danny Green had this that tied for the second most he's hit in a game this season. Not a bad thing. Obviously, that's really good. But the flip side of that was that OKC shot better than the Raptors, which is just crazy. And that happens at times. But the Raptors offense got stagnant. And luckily, a thing that I'm going to bring up as a positive, you saw the difference between, hey, it was cool when the game was, you know, the first three quarters and Siakam's going in, Siakam's doing work, cool. But then at the end of this game, you saw that it was big boy time. And what I mean by that, because people think that whenever I say something about Siakam, I'm saying that, like, I'm knocking him. I'm not. Siakam had an incredible game. Siakam also had a credible ga- an incredible game because he's guarding the other team's point guard, who happens to be Russell Westbrook. So Siakam to go out there and drop 25 points on 9 of 14 shooting, that's an incredible night. But the end of the game shows you why the Raptors would be a very good team without Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard is what makes the Raptors a championship caliber team because he's a superstar that has it, that extra notch, that extra gear. The same extra gear you see at times from Russ and same thing with Paul George, but you go to that just top tier of player in the NBA where they can just take over for spurts and there's nothing you can do. There's no defense that's going to stop it. And Kawhi Leonard late, He was on a mission, whether he was driving to the basket, getting and ones, or driving to the basket and not getting foul calls, but he was hitting threes. He was just doing such work. And if you look at the duo of Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam, 25 points for Siakam. He did the work for the first three quarters, and then Kawhi took over late. And that's a good sign. You want to see that. The big problem, though, comes when you look at the turnovers. Because Siakam had seven turnovers, Kawhi Leonard, eight turnovers. That's not a good look. That's not a good outing on, on the offensive end. And that kind of leads to why the Raptors lost this game. There are just too many turnovers in key situations, too many turnovers throughout the game. You think about it early when the Raptors were shooting really well, OKC was not. The only way the game was close because of Raptors turnovers. And that ends up catching up to you. Because a good team like Oklahoma City is, they're going to find a way to come back. And much like they did in the first game when they hosted the Raptors, they came back, it was just too late. They Well, they came back and forced it to OT, but at the same time, in this game, you saw the comeback happen at the same, it happened earlier in the fourth quarter, pardon me, and then, hey, their players just made more shots. And it wasn't even just PG down the stretch. Schroeder hit a big three down the stretch as well. He had a tough floater in the lane. It was a tough game. It was a tough game. But if I'm a Raptors fan, what I take away from the end is you saw that peak power Kawhi Leonard going to the cup, getting buckets. He's four or five from three in this game. Again, him and Siakam combined. If they're going six of eight from three, Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam, that's crazy. That is, that's just superstars stepping up in big boy games when you need them the most watching Paul George and and Russell Westbrook go against Kawhi and Siakam that was a treat and as a basketball fan sometimes you just got to sit down enjoy it and tip your cap because that was a great performance if you go through those stat lines Paul George with 28 points six rebounds five assists two steals and a block Russell Westbrook 
18 points, 13 assists, 12 rebounds. Pascal Siakam, 25 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. And then Kawhi, again, 37 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Notice how all those guys filling up the stat sheets on both ends of the floor? As a basketball fan, one of the things, it was funny, I was talking about this with my boy Trizzy at work today, and it was the reminder to Raptors fans to enjoy this season. Enjoy it. Because I think that we get so caught up in like the, the, the little things, like, oh no, they lost this game, which cool, I understand, it's not a good, it's not a good win. Or sorry, it's not a good night because they lost the game. Trust me, I get that, I understand it. But when you can sit back and say, there were points in this game in which Kawhi Leonard's on the floor, Russell Westbrook's on the floor, and Paul George is on the floor, and Pascal Siakam had spurts in this game where he was the most dominant player on both ends. That is way more important than what the final score is of this game. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, it's a regular season still, cool, it was a big boy game, cool, the Raptors didn't win, it's okay. But there's things that you look at and you, you take a step back and you say, that was incredible. Because if you go back to last year, heck, if you go back to the start of the season, could you have pictured if someone had told you, hey, the Raptors are going to play OKC and Pascal Siakam's going to have moments where he looks like the most dominant player on both ends of the floor? He had a crazy block on somebody on a fast break. That was just disgusting. And I think you heard over the broadcast, you could even hear him yell, give me that. Like he was a beast in this game. That, that's what I'm saying. Sit back, enjoy this for what it is. Because I don't know what's going to happen next year. I have no idea. Kawhi might be back. We saw the, uh, they asked Paul George about it. They asked Paul George uh, in shoot around if he had spoken to Kawhi Leonard because obviously Paul George is in a, was in a similar situation to Kawhi last year. Paul George, if you remember, he got traded to Oklahoma City, a team that, you know, probably wasn't his desired destination. He wanted to go to the Lakers. Played out the year. People thought it was just a rental. And then he ended up liking it, and he stayed. So they asked him if he'd talked to Kawhi about it, Kawhi being in a similar situation this year. He said, yes, they have talk, talked about it. And when asked what they talked about, Paul George kind of smirked and said, I'm going to keep that between us. All I'm saying is, I don't know what's going to happen next year, but make sure to enjoy this. Because high-level talent... Like, you're talking about the top players in the entire world, okay? And you saw two of those guys playing in Toronto Raptors uniforms tonight. So I can't stress enough. Enjoy this run. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the fact that it was a close game. Raptors were right there. They had a chance to win. And you're still seeing things where, I think tonight, <laughs> it's funny. Marc Gasol got his first basket in this game. He only took one shot in the entire game, and it was late. And it was only because Kawhi Leonard took the double team, hit a no-look pass to Gasol right down the middle. And you're going to look at the stat line, you're going to say Gasol had two points, but then he had five rebounds, six assists, six assists to lead the Toronto Raptors team, but also two steals and two blocks. So I'm going to ask people now, because people kind of thought I got testy on the last podcast and talking about if you're not understanding what Marc Gasol brings to the lineup, I was asking you, you know, like, 
how much of a basketball fan are you? How much are you able to actually take in in terms of what Marc Gasol brings to the team? What he does for the ball movement? I think it was pretty apparent in this game as well. And I also think that, you know, he's showing you that he doesn't have to score the ball to have an impact in the game. And that's pretty cool. And when you think about where the Raptors were in this game, you saw them, you know, match up against a team battling for a playoff spot. Again, another top team in the league. But you think about that and you remember there's no Kyle Lowry. So all those times where the offense stalled and everyone's going to be worried about that, especially with the bench, you're going to, you got to think that you're going to replace Jeremy Lin with Fred Van Fleet. And I'm pretty sure that when everything's said and done, you're going to have two of Kyle Lowry and Kawhi or Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam on the floor at all times. And those two guys, whichever two, are also going to be on the floor with Serge or Marc Gasol. That offense isn't going to stall come playoff time. It's just not. As long as the players on the floor are committed to ball movement, cool. And you're seeing Kawhi picking his spots a lot better in, t- in terms of when is he going to go all out and try to get his, and when is he going to find other players. That dime to Marc Gasol, that was sick. That was crazy. Because he took the double team... Retreat dribble, which your old your your grade ten high school coach will will talk to you about that. He took the double team, had the retreat dribble, looked away to look off the defender. Gasol smart enough to roll, no look pass, and and that's in crunch time. So again, the Raptors have so many weapons. This is a very very good team, and you're seeing them play good basketball, and that is more important than the result of the outcome of this game right now. So call me a hater, call me making excuses, just make sure you call me consistent. That's all. Let me get to some comments here, because I know there's people on in both chats here. Uh, I'll start to I'll start on Twitter. And uh, someone says, Kawhi carries the Raptors in the end, but it wasn't enough. Totally agree. Shouts to Kawhi, big time moves there. Uh, my guy Webby says, Raptors fans with ref hate forever. I totally agree. The refs were just hor- horrible. The refs were not good. To say that it was one-sided, I'm not going to say that at all. And I say this after, I feel like when everyone's complaining about the refs, I say the same thing. Sometimes the refs just aren't that good. It's not aimed at the Raptors alone. The referees just aren't that good. And it happens. That's all. It's all right. It's okay. The refs just weren't that good in this game for both teams. Uh, another comment here on Twitter, not stressing the L, team's going to be unbelievable with the rested Lowry. I can only agree with that 100%, <laughs> but if I'm making up numbers, I agree with that on 100,000 trillion. Think about what Fred Van Fleet looked like the first two games. Freddie kind of struggled in tonight's game, right? He kind of struggled in tonight's game. He had eight points, but three of 11 shooting. This is... 0 of 3 from three-point land. The one thing I will say with Freddie that I find that he's not used to yet is a screen and roll with Marc Gasol. I don't think, because we watch it and NBA players make it look so easily, so easy, we take it for granted how difficult it is to run a cohesive pick and roll, to get used to the speed that someone rolls to the basket, the angles that you're going to have to hit them with the pass, 
where they're going to like to catch it, where they have to catch it, where a big guy has to catch it if he's going to get it and roll to the cup. We take that for granted sometimes. And especially, Freddie hasn't played with Gasol that much. And we saw moments where this is a deep dive for basketball fans. So apologies if some people are like, what are you talking about? But there are moments I felt like you see the screen and roll, Gasol's rolling to the basket, and Freddie kind of hesitates, right? Like, He's not really sure how to find that pass to Gasol yet on the roll. It, it, the chemistry is just not there yet. And that's okay. I mean, you, you kind of expect that, right? That will come with more reps, with more games. There's a couple games left. But again, Kyle Lowry's going to be back. We know Freddie can figure it out with Serge. There's still things to, to make, the, make it work, right? Still things to make it work. But the point is, Freddie came back from injury so hyped up. Maybe a couple games off for Kyle. Gets him a little recharge. Gives him a little reboot. Because he might need that. And that's cool. More comments here on Twitter. I expected a loss tonight because of how desperate the Thunder are to keep playoff position. Again, can't stress that point enough. The Thunder are in a crazy battle right now in the Western Conference. And they needed this win. They were on a bad slide. It was a tough loss for them to lose that game at home. So once they lost that game, they really needed to win this one. And right now, as it currently sits, they're in fifth place in the Western Conference. But they are tied with the Clippers and half a game ahead of the Jazz and one game ahead of the Spurs. So think about that for a second. I know this sounds convoluted, but the Thunder came into this game with the exact same record as the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Spurs. That means you could go anywhere from 5th to 8th. That's crazy. So they really needed that win. And obviously it doesn't take much math to figure out that the difference between coming in 5th or 8th is playing Portland in the first round or playing the Golden State Warriors in the first round. So there's a lot to be on a night-to-night basis because Golden State and the Nuggets are tied right now for first and second. And then, as mentioned, you have those teams at the bottom, those four teams that are all jockeying. And again, right now, Oklahoma City sits in fifth or they're tied for fifth. I guess they get the spot because of whatever the tiebreaker is. But Oklahoma City sits in fifth right now with the same record as the Clippers. And then Utah is a half game back and the Spurs are a full game back. That's crazy. So they came into this game needing, needing a win. And again, the Raptors matched them. The Raptors came out toe-to-toe in a big boy game, and I'm not mad at that. Uh, My guy Webby tunes in and says, Shell, how's a bracket? I didn't do a March Madness bracket. I haven't done a March Madness bracket, I want to say, for a couple years. Um, I enter a couple other pools, including one that's uh, like a a survivor pool where you got to pick two winners each day. And then, you know, there's some little sprinkling going on on particular games here and there. But in terms of filling out an overall bracket, no. And I can't, to be honest, this year's college basketball season, uh, if it's not Duke and it's not John Moran, I don't really know much about college ball this year. I've been such a deep dive into the Raptors and then the NBA. College basketball's kind of taken a backseat. Zion, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if if... I was making time for college. It involves Zion and RJ Barrett. So I also do have a bet with someone at work. Uh, They took Duke to win. I took the field. Here's a lesson, kids. Always take the field. 
Okay? No matter what. Just take the field. Uh, more comments. Norm had a rough, a rough stretch of games with Lynn. They hurt us tonight. Totally true. I think that was a difference in the game. Even despite all of the turnovers by everyone involved, even Kawhi and Pascal, I still think that the Raptors had a chance to win. Where they lost the game was that gap between Kawhi realizing, oh, okay, I got to do this. <laughs> that gap was a little too much. OKC extended the lead to about 10, and that was too much to handle. One thing to pay attention to as well, the subbing, the substitutions, and the way that um, Billy Donovan spread out the minutes for the Thunder. If you notice, the Thunder made a crazy run against the Raptors bench, where it was Siakam and the bench guys on. And at that point, Paul George and Russ were both in the game. And then for the rest of it, what happened was one of them went to the bench. So to close out the third quarter, one of them went to the bench. Then the second, then the fourth quarter would start. They would switch. One would go to the bench. One would come back into the game. And then they obviously both close the game on the floor. There's an interesting lesson in how they stagger the minutes between their two stars. But even despite that, they still needed the scoring from the other guys. The Raptors, despite what they got from Kawhi, Despite what they got from uh, Pascal, they didn't get it from the other guys. Uh, let's see some comments here. Lots of people on Instagram as well. So let me get caught up there. So many comments. Um, I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to scroll up to somewhere where I can see where we're, we're at here. Uh, let's see. Each team won on the road. The team that had the ball movement won the quarter. That's an interesting comment. Very true. Ball movement definitely was a key. Uh, someone says, only positive Gasol belongs in the starting five uh, with a wink emoji. I think if there's something we have seen with this stretch of games, with or without Kyle Lowry, we've seen that Gasol just balances the starting lineup out a little more. Because, again, Serge is going to shoot. Danny Green's going to shoot. Kawhi's going to shoot. Pascal's going to shoot. Kyle's trying to set them all up, and then he'll also get his every once in a while. Gasol's there to also help facilitate, remove one of those shooters in terms of Serge, let Serge get his buckets coming off the bench. Gasol can also be a facilitator to help Danny Green get open shots, open looks from three. And we've seen how crazy Danny Green's shot has been the last couple games. And so if he's doing that for Danny Green, He's going to do the same thing for Kyle Lowry as well. So that is a positive that we've seen down this stretch of games, regardless of who the Raptors are playing, regardless of if Kyle Lowry's in the lineup or not. But Mark Gasol definitely belongs in the starting lineup. More comments. Kawhi and Siakam were stellar. OKC's offense got hot, especially in the second half. Totally agreed. That was the difference in the game. More comments from Instagram. Time to bench OG for the rest of the season. Kind of tired of him. OG has been very inconsistent this season, for sure, but he's in a tough situation. And I'm not making excuses for him because I feel like next year, like the leap that Siakam made was probably a bigger leap than anyone would have anticipated, right? But if you lessen that, you probably would have assumed that you would have seen more of a leap from OG. Does that make sense? If you take away some of the leap that Siakam made, if I'm talking about what we anticipated coming into this season, right? So what we anticipated, probably a little less from where Siakam has gotten to, bring that down a little, 
but you would have OG, we would have all anticipated OG to be a little bit better this year, right? But he's dealt with a lot. We know, obviously, what he's dealt with off the court, but also on the court, there's a, a lot of inconsistent minutes. One day he might be starting getting mega minutes. One day he's coming off the bench. One day he's coming off the bench playing the four. Sometimes he's coming off the bench playing the three. Sometimes he's coming off the bench with, you know, Fred Van Fleet and Norm. Sometimes he's coming off the bench with DeLon. Sometimes he's coming off the bench with Jeremy Lin. There's just a lot for a young player to deal with. And we know that young role players are already inconsistent by nature. And so you throw in all these other intangibles and you've kind of had a messed up season for OG and Anobi. But again, this is okay. Because this is kind of a, a learning under the wing kind of, kind of year for OG. Where hopefully he can pick some stuff up from Kawhi Leonard, from a Danny Green. So that, who knows, if, if we might not see it on the court right now, He's learned a little extra that he can put in the tool belt for next season when maybe those guys aren't there and you need OG on a nightly basis. That's a benefit, right? OG's been so inconsistent, but it's been okay because the Raptors are that deep this year that they don't need OG. They don't need Norm every night. Whereas in prior years, you needed one of those guys to have a good game for you to have a chance to win. Not even to win. I'm saying to have a chance to win. And that's how the depth of the organization that Masai and Bobby Webster have done. Uh, but in terms of will he get playoff minutes, we went through this uh, the last game, but I feel like he's probably the ninth guy, and how much is the ninth guy going to play? I don't know, but I feel like you'll have Fred, you'll have Serge, and you'll have Norm. I think those three guys are definitely ahead of OG in terms of getting minutes come playoff time. Another comment. I feel like Norm played like a desperate pick to get a playoff spot. He was in the game too long. Yeah, I think they left Norm in to try to see if he would give them something. And it was one of those games where I'm gonna I called out myself. Because I feel like in, in games past, games earlier on in the year, I might have said, okay, pull the plug on the bench, bring back Siakam, bring back whoever. Let's try to win this game. But as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, I'm understanding what Nick Nurse is doing. And what Nick Nurse is doing is he's trying to see if Norm can play himself out of having a bad game, if OG can play himself out of having a bad game. That part is way more valuable than trying to extend Siakam to maybe play 40 minutes in this game. Right? Why not give that extra four minutes to Norm or OG to let them get a little bit of burn. Let them get some run guarding the likes of a Paul George or a Russell Westbrook with the crowd rocking on a Friday night. Let them get their juices flowing a little in that game. Because again, you might need them come playoff time. So let them get that extra rep. I understand what Nick Nurse is doing. And I'm calling myself out and saying that earlier on in the year, I would have been one of those people being like, ah, come on, get these guys out of here. We need to get more minutes for other, let's go win this game. If Kawhi's got to play 40, whatever. But I understand it. I'm okay with it. More comments. Uh, bench better be better once Lowry is back and Freddie guides the bench. Totally agree. Uh, this game came down to late third quarter, early fourth is where this team always loses control of games. Very good point, but that's exactly what we just talked about, right? You're not going to see the full bench unit nearly as much. 
And if you think about it, Freddie's going to be part of that bench. And two of the people who are, are on your bench are Fred and Serge. Those two guys have started so many games for the Raptors this year, right? And if you really want to get cute, those two guys could probably start on a lot of teams in the NBA. So now two or three of those guys who are coming off your bench could be starters on your team. If you think about what's going to happen come playoff time, you're not going to have an extended burn where it's just Siakam and the bench or Kawhi and the bench. You're going to have two starters on the floor at all times. And there will be times where those two starters will be joined by, again, Fred and Serge, who have started so many games for you. So right now we're seeing that, but it won't be a problem. Uh, someone that says, Jeremy Lin isn't really that good. That's just facts. <laughs> I mean, he's struggling. He's not doing much to debunk that theory. So I'm not even going to argue that. I can't argue that. Uh, one knock about tonight, if I have one, why not give McCaw some run? The rest of the bench isn't producing, especially Lynn. It's an interesting point, a great point by someone, uh, Webby2019. I don't know if that's, that's not my guy, Webby, but it's another Webby. We got multiple Webbies who are fans of the show. But interesting point here, and I feel like if you think next game, like whatever the next game is, the Raptors, you might see them give McCaw an extra go because you'll see it's a fight for the pecking order of the playoff rotation. So you might see some Patrick McCaw get extended burn, whereas in this game, they tried to let Jeremy Lin get extended burn. Lin played 14 minutes. He wasn't really that good, but they kind of gave him the long go, the long leash, let's say, so that you could see if he could play his way out of it, if he could knock down a shot, if he could gain some confidence. You got to know, you don't want to end up in a situation where the playoffs come around and you're turning to someone and you're not knowing what you're going to get from them. The one thing I will say about McCaw is no matter when you put him in, you know exactly what you're getting. You know that, okay, he might knock down the open three, but he'll at least move the ball on offense. He's not going to force any shots, but he will give you hella energy on defense. I think they already know what you're gonna, what they're going to get when they turn to him. This is still about seeing what is Jeremy Lin? What do they have in Jeremy Lin? And is Jeremy Lin somebody they could use in a pinch in the playoffs? That's what I think it is. Because overall, hey, this would be a perfect game for McCaw where you could see instead of giving the 14 minutes to Lin, why not give those minutes to McCaw to let McCaw guard Russ full court to maybe make him have to work a little harder, make his minutes a little harder, a little more difficult. Same thing for Paul George, right? Guard those guys full court or even throw McCaw out there, give him a shot at guarding Schroeder, who was just killing the raps in this game. I feel like Nurse was just trying to see what he has with certain guys, let Freddie take on the defensive matchup a little more, let him get used to that, instead of just turning to McCaw, where, hey, maybe that helps you win this game tonight, but as we've talked about the whole year, this Raptors season is about so much more. It's about the playoffs. And that's what Nurse wants to see right now. But I do agree with this person, with Webby2019. I do agree. If turning to McCaw, if it was just about winning this game tonight, definitely agree. Turning to McCaw instead of Jeremy Lin is definitely a thing. 
uh, another comment here, and I'm laughing because this person named uh, DVAD59, uh, I'm laughing because I feel like this could be the burner account of my boy C. Brown, who also just texts me all the time about Norm struggling. But this person in the chat says, Norm has never been a player I liked. Don't know why. <laughs> I think I have a reason. I think I have an answer to that question. I think it's because when Norm looks good, when Norm is on, he looks incredible. But he does the same things. It's just the shots go in when he looks good. When the shots aren't falling, it looks like he's forcing shots. But it's negative because he's missing, right? Am I making sense there? Like, Norm is always super aggressive. There's very little hesitation in his game. And he's always going to the bucket. And he's not really going to ever pass up a wide open look. So he's always super aggressive. What that means, though, is when he doesn't have it on nights like tonight, it looks really, really bad. And let's be honest. He's still a bench player because he's inconsistent. So we've seen more bad from good from Norm over the years. I'd say for the most part this year, though, he's been a good, reliable bench player. So he's starting to win some people over, but there's still a lot of the Raptors fan base that's used to the old norm that's just forcing up shots, trying to get his buckets up, trying to, you know, match DeMar shot for shot, right? Uh, let's see. Someone says, I'm worried we're only going to be able to run a six or seven man rotation. Hey, Whatever the rotations needed to get dubs, doesn't matter. Kawhi, you did Kawhi Leonard load management for a reason. Siakam is still super young. You hope that Kyle is healthy, but even if Kyle isn't healthy, Fred is healthy, so maybe he can even ease some of the load off of Kyle Lowry. We talked about Gasol being there now, but you have that dynamic of Serge and Gasol where you can kind of ride whoever's better if one of them stalls in the playoffs, but also Gasol is there as another facilitator to help the offense. There's not really many excuses for the Raptors, but if you do have to go only seven deep and your two guys off the bench are Serge Ibaka and Norman Powell, or sorry, Serge Ibaka and Fred Van Fleet, my bad. Sorry, Norm, no, no disrespect, but if you only have to go seven deep, and those are the seven guys, that's a pretty good seven. No? I'm okay. I can't wait for the playoffs. That's what I'm excited for. Uh, another comment. Someone says, Lynn looks like he was trying too hard. Probably. Uh, someone says, I have no confidence in anyone outside of Norm and McCaw. I wonder if you're talking about the bench. If that's the case, you probably would add Fred and whoever Surge is coming off the bench. Um... More comments, though. Let's see. I'm going to scroll down a little. Uh, someone says, facts, you're always hating on Siakam. I'm not. I, why would I be hating on Siakam? Siakam had an incredible game. He played great in this game. Again, my reminder is there's just levels to this shit. So as good as Siakam is, don't forget, the be-all and end-all come crunch time, it's going to go through Kawhi. The reason why the Raptors have championship or NBA Finals aspirations is because of Kawhi. The Siakam glow-up is incredible. He had a great game. But at the end of the game, you saw Kawhi just say, no, no, this is my shit. Let's go. Uh, let's see, more comments. Someone says, sorry, OG's not ready. Another comment says he just looks bored. 
OG's having a tough go, but again, it's okay. Hopefully there's a, other things that OG's learning that he's picking up this year. And the most important thing is that Masai built the team. He's gotten so much from Danny Green that he doesn't need OG. You, the Raptors don't need OG this year. They don't. That's the facts. So if he continues to struggle, it's okay. It's a developmental year for OG. Uh, more comment. I wish Kawhi was a superstar that got calls from the refs. Totally agree. I know we shot 10 free throws in this game, but that easily could have been 10 more. At least five more, right? He seems to get hit every time he's going to the basket and rarely gets calls. Another comment from Instagram. For real though, I'm happy with how the Raptors played. Credit to OKC for hitting threes. That's a very good comment uh, by this person here on Instagram. I'm not even going to try to read that uh, handle. But that's a great comment because sometimes you do have to give credit to the other team. And OKC, desperate in desperate need of a win, they shot the lights out, and they took that game on the Raptors' home court, a place where the Raptors are still in single-digit losses for the whole season. I think that's only maybe their eighth loss at home the whole year. Got to give credit where credit is due. OKC, they, they came in and won a game they needed to have. Uh, another comment, not Kawhi's fault. I don't know who's blaming Kawhi. Kawhi is amazing. Put up a 37. What else do you want from a big boy game against another superstar? I don't know. Uh, but again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. This is the Wrap It Up Podcast. Shouts to all you guys for tuning in and helping me along with this show because this is a show for us as Raptors fans to congregate and discuss the best team in Raptors franchise history. I really appreciate all the comments, whether it's on uh, Instagram or on Twitter and we get to share opinions again it's not about who's right or wrong because I know I'm not someone that like, I'm here talking to you guys as someone who likes basketball someone who's covered basketball for I mean over 10 years like at diff two different national sports networks so I do have knowledge of the game of basketball but I'm not here to like preach down to anybody I'm here to discuss what's going on with this team that is the best team in franchise history. There's certain things that people point out every podcast that I might not have seen. And that's why we're here, right? We appreciate that. We're here for the conversation. So again, shouts to the people on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and on Twitter live at Shell Alexander. Shouts to you guys for always tuning in, always hitting me up and keeping the conversation going. Really appreciate that. And a huge special shout out to the podcast crew. Y'all are the ones that keep the numbers moving. Really appreciate it. On SoundCloud, the OGs who've been with the On Blast podcast from the beginning. Shouts to you guys there on SoundCloud and iTunes. Like us, rate us, subscribe, all the fun stuff, share, all that fun stuff, depending on what the platform is. And of course, huge shout out to the YouTube people. I keep telling you guys, if you want it, we talk after the game for about an hour, and obviously that hour lives in other places, but the conversation continues in between the games, 24 hours a day, on that YouTube chat group. That's where the comments continue. So if you're one of those diehard Raptor fans that want to continue the conversation, like and subscribe on YouTube, join the conversation there. A lot of great fans there that are tuning in each and every day. We're getting people who 
are new to the game of basketball, new to the city of Toronto. Then we have OG fans that have been with the Raptors since day one. And it's a great conversation. So tune in there because this is fun, man. I have so much fun doing this. And sometimes I come home and I'm dead tired. And then the game starts and I get hyped. Because I'm excited to do this with you guys. Because the reality is, I know people say that, think I might say it as a joke or because it's cliche. But just know that everything, there's no cliche. Everything is calculated. When you see this thing here, I'm pointing to the, the sign that's on the laptop that says, What would Hova do? That's a mentality thing, man. I don't just, it's about Jay, but it's not just about the lyrics or the beats or what. It's the mindset, right? We wanted something where Raptors fans could talk about the game of basketball, right? We wanted to tune into something for like-minded NBA fans to tune in and have a conversation post-game. What would Hova do? Create his own shit. That's why we're here. That's how these things work, right? And again, I know it sounds like just a hip-hop line, but hip-hop means different things to different people. So when I hear these words... They're real, and that's why I say it at the end of each and every podcast, because I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.